Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome to Get Advisor Fit. We're happy to have you here where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, I am joined by Colton Etherton, the tattoo artist advisor. There's a niche for you. I bet you can't guess why I wanted to have him on my show. Well, there's multiple reasons, (laughs) but we'll get to that within the depth of the show. Colton, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Colton is an Instagram buddy of mine, um, and I really like the marketing that he does. I'm really interested in his niche, and we have some usual friends. So it was only seemed like a natural fit that he would be here today. So let's get right into it. Will mm-hmm. you tell us, please, Colton, how you got into financial planning and how you decided to serve tattoo artists? Yeah. Um, I mean, I got into finance in general. Uh, against my will, I guess we can say. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never saw myself being in finance like at all, right? Um, but I only, I only got my first job in finance because my wife and I were moving from back home in Arizona up here to Portland in 2013, and she found a job at a bank as a teller and was like, "You should apply." Um, at the time, I was training dogs professionally, so a lot of like boarding dogs at the house, and we knew we wanted to have wow. kids and those dogs that were boarding were not the nice ones. So <laughs> like, I don't want to have the aggressive dogs at home with the baby. And so, you know, looking for something else. Um, so she, she pushed me for the bank job and I was like, no, that's going to be boring as hell. Like, no, I, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but I did it, you know, she's like, just apply. If you get it, you have a job, you can always find something else. Um, so anyways, I, I applied, I got it, ended up enjoying it, um, which she reminds me of constantly you know, almost a decade later. Remember that time um, I got you that banking job? You would yeah. be today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and then, you know, so I went from banking to, we moved back home for a couple of years for her nursing school. And a buddy of mine was working at Merrill Edge. Um, and he, you know, they're hiring. He said, why don't you come over and get licensed? And so I did that. got my 66 and my seven over there. Okay. Um, enjoyed it, honestly. Like I said, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. I can learn this stuff because that's one thing I saw in banking too is like I had this naive idea that you just kind of figure money out as you go along as you get older and income increases and I saw people at the bank that that clearly wasn't the case yeah um so I wanted to dive deeper into it and so I got my 766 I enjoyed it and I was just doing like account opening there for the advisors that were doing the rollovers so nothing crazy um but immediately jumped into my CFP when I was done with my 66. Wow. Um, yeah. I was the like, big, yeah, uh, just went all in. <laughs> yeah. Went all in. I was only, you know, a couple months into the advised side of the industry. Um, but I was like, man, I enjoy this. I could see this, you know, going further. So signed up for my CFP probably like a month after I got my 66. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I worked there. We moved back up here and I was at Schwab for a little bit doing client service and then moved from there to a hybrid firm as independent. Uh, where I was an advisor and managing principal by the time I left. So we'd actually opened our own broker dealer to house some old annuities um, that we had and split with them kind of abruptly. 
I, I thought I was going to like buy into the firm. Like that's what we'd been talking about throughout 2020. Uh, didn't happen. <laughs> and so it was very abruptly like not there. And I had to figure <laughs> something out to do. And I didn't want to be in that position again where like the rug could be swept out from under me. So the next day I got, on, I scheduled a call with XYPN and started working on launching my firm, which was approved by Oregon in January of 21. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, and we're almost going on a year on, then. Yeah, about yeah, about two two years almost. Oh yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> two years though. Yeah, um, and initially I was just focused on millennials, so nothing you know super niche or crazy. Uh, I got kind of more towards the niche side because of our mutual friend Justin Green, who's also been on here um he was in my xy launch group and you know we were talking constantly and he was focusing on millennials plus fitness entrepreneurs and uh tell me about that conversation i need to hear what happened in this conversation (laughs) because like you said justin was on here and i love his niche too which is online um fitness coaches and I'm bodybuilding. So that's how he and I connected and actually found you through him. So the fact that you guys decided on your niche together on this phone call, we need to hear the detail. (laughs) Yeah. So honestly, it wasn't necessarily one phone call. Um, So it built up because we were in that launch group. We kept talking constantly. Like, I mean, I talked to him daily at this point, but um, I met with a tattoo artist in February of that year and they didn't end up signing up, but I was like, man, that would be a cool niche idea. Like yeah. no one's doing it. That'd be fun. Um, I don't have to worry about like showing off my tattoos, which at that point I just had my forearm and my back done, but like my old firm, I couldn't roll up my sleeves because they didn't want me to show my forearm tattoos, which ah. uh, even when clients weren't in the office. Right. I'm like, okay. Um, so I was talking to Justin every time we do market, like calls talking about marketing and that kind of stuff. I would just use that as an example from that point on. Like, you know, if I was working with a tattoo artist, here's kind of my idea. And, you know, he kept kind of like, well, why aren't you? And, you know, it was like, I I went from being the main income earner in the house to starting from zero, not bringing clients. And so like going super weird niche was not, didn't seem like the smartest idea. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, let's limit our pool to a very small, narrow market that is not proven. Um, So I held on to the idea for months. Finally, it was like September and I texted him. I was like, hey, you got like five minutes for a call, man, to talk about a marketing idea. Like it was not at all supposed to be me changing to this niche. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that is not what I went into the call with. And he's like, yeah, sure. So we hopped on a call. Ended up being like two hours. And by the end of it, you know, I was like, screw it. Like, I'm going to give this a go. Um, you know, I'm going to try this tattoo artist thing. And if it doesn't work, fine. I'll, you know, I can go back. Um so it took about a week or so to redo my website and Instagram and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, scrapped my old Instagram that I was using and started fresh. And yeah, launched, I think it was around October 7th of, of last year with the tattoo focus. So yeah, big reason, you know, that I did it was from him and those conversations and pushing and, you know, his kind of like, just try it. You know, like what, what, what do you got to lose? <laughs> Yeah. And it sounds like you were already incubating like your plan, like even though you hadn't committed to it, you're like, well, if I were serving tattoo artist advisors, this is what I would do. So like you yeah. almost planted your own seed and then like 
had all of these great ideas grow. And so that when you were, when, you know, you had that stimulus, which was, you know, Justin or whatever saying, well, why don't you? You're like, I'm going to I'll just cut my flowers and make a bouquet and let's go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Um, so no, that's really cool. I mean, obviously um, niching down is something that a lot of advisors struggle with because mm-hmm. here you are saying, you know, I'm, I'm putting out my shingle and saying, here I am as a financial advisor, but if niching down can feel like closing the door to so many potential people. Right. So that's scary, especially like you said, when you're going from being, you know, the breadwinner to, okay, all of a sudden I'm going to be an entrepreneur and start my, you know, start from scratch. And should I really limit myself here? But um, the problem that, that comes when people have too broad a focus is that it's hard to speak to those those people because the the group is so yep. diverse. So you end up having messaging that is all across the board. And then speaking to everyone, you're really speaking to no one, which is what I like to say. It's speaking to everyone, mm-hmm. you're speaking to no one. So and that's what it felt like for sure. Because it was like, yeah. how do I incorporate, you know, copy on my website that covers millennials across the board, whether they're an employee, they have stock options, they're a business owner, they have kids, they're like so many things. And it was like, I, I can't figure out so how to write maybe. this and yeah and it's like even you know like as as a parent you have children right i'm pretty yep. sure yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i've seen one on instagram as a parent oh, yeah. you have a millennial parent you have much different you know financial obligations and priorities than someone who isn't a parent mm-hmm. um and you know especially like in in the millennial range there can be so many different life events that happen how can you i mean to address all of them is just will be, you know, mind boggling. So yeah. I think, of course, like this demographic that you now chose in the tattoo artist advisors, um, what would you say was your most difficult challenge? Or did you, once you decided that you were going to go that route, did the messaging challenge kind of just disappear where you're like, okay, I've got it now. And I feel like I know what to say. Um, yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I mean, it got easier. Right. So like writing my website, redoing it, it only took about a week or so, which my first iteration, you know, I did like a month and a half long process to like write the copy on the website. So, yeah, it definitely got easier in that regard. Um, And since that point, I've even, you know, refined it more after working with more artists and having the conversations. Um, You know, so it's a constant process but yeah it definitely was a lot easier to like get in the mindset of you know a tattoo artist like okay what are they doing what struggles do they have you know and what kind of message do you want to put across it was definitely a lot easier to do that um than than it was before i definitely think it's worth noting too that you said at you you've, you've updated and stuff as you go along because in a niche like yours where there isn't anybody else doing it that we mm-hmm. know least um you it's not like you can go to their website and be like oh what are these guys saying like get some ideas you know um you're like okay i'm out here in no man's land and it's it's on me i gotta figure this out um but it's important to remember for especially for advisors who are just starting out in like a similar position to you is that you can always change it it's like Mm -hmm. if you're doing your own website or you have a template website through one of like you know, 20 over 10 or something like that, or wherever it is, it's so easy to change these days. So if you find like, 
oh, you know, here's a question that a lot of my clients are asking, and I want to put this in my on my website. Um, it's so easy to do. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't the the first iteration doesn't have to be the final iteration, and in fact, it shouldn't be. You should just you know let it evolve as it goes, as you learn more about, like you said, their challenges and the types of struggles that they are have problems with. You know, I I went to your website today, so uh, let me see keeping your personal and business finances separate, um, things like that. Um, And the the further you get into it, the more years you're in it, the more you'll uncover more similarities and you can address that in your messaging and things like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So doing your own marketing, um, Mm -hmm. what have you had the most success with so far since you made the switch to the niche? Um, Switch to the niche. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. yeah so initially i was focused on just like education if you will right so like sharing you know what's the difference between a traditional and a roth and simple things like that um but lately over the past i don't know a month and a half or so i've still done that but also doing um more like behind the scenes i guess if you will or like scenarios um you know where it's like okay I was asked this question by a client, here's their situation, here's how I answered it, right? So still has the education piece in it, but it's also showing how it's useful or how it can be used, right? Um, and so I think people like that too. I've seen yeah. get more interaction on posts with that. Um, you know, it's less of like, yeah, here's some knowledge that you could learn, but here's also how it applies. Um, and tying that in with, you know, like using elements and, stuff from right capital like a debt payoff um host the plan just things like that and actually show like so i created a full um fake client based off you know kind of like real client situations that i've come across and in all those programs right so okay. elements uh host the plan right capital uh the sand key diagram that i've been using as well and so then i can like okay here's a common question a client asked me or maybe I just had a meeting and they asked this question so I'll mm-hmm. set up the client that way and then record a video of like how I'd answer that question right like one of them recently yeah. was hey I want to buy a new car here's the cost like can I do that and then using elements to say okay here's where your number's at here's if it makes sense or if it's going to put you in too much debt and so on um or okay. right capital for a debt payoff and so actually showing scenarios where it's like oh like that's what you actually do because I feel like especially my market, right? Not a lot. Of, no one's really marketed towards them from an yeah. advisor point. So saying I do financial planning, like what's that? You know, I'm a yeah. financial advisor. They all go straight to the investments and that's it, right? But there's so much more that we do that's really more important, um, at least in my mind, but they don't think of that. So to show them the whole kind of gamut of what we do um, in real scenarios and it's like, oh, well, yeah, I have that question too. So like, how would he answer that in my situation? Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it's interesting because, um, a couple of things. One, I do have a tattoo artist friend. And I remember when I opened the retirement accounts for my husband and I, because we both work in the business, mm-hmm. um, through the business, you know, I had, said something about it he was like oh man like I want to know like how what what should I do and what like you know what I mean so yeah there, there's not there hasn't been anybody who says hey tattoo artist advisor 
I can help you or a tattoo artist. I'm over here. I can help you with your money and not just investments. And you don't have to have a buttload of cash. You can still hire a financial advisor for the other value added things like coaching or making things like deciding, should I put this down payment on a house or how can I afford this car? Can I afford this car? Should I buy it under my business? We know all of those kinds of questions Mm -hmm. um, that, like you said, you are in the banking and you don't just get older and just get magical financial Right, things just fall into place. It's like, oh, shit, I woke up and it makes sense today. Yeah, it's not like great hair. It's not something you just get whether you like it or not. You know, like you have to have have access to it and, you know, you're giving them that access. So Mm -hmm. um, I do like this point that you bring up about making Mm -hmm. content that is interactive. And a great way to do that is to do exactly like you're doing and mine your clients or mine the information, the conversations that you see in social media for topic ideas or Mm -hmm. um, video ideas or, you know, a poll that you run or whatever. I think that people get to this advisors in particular that I've worked with are like, I don't know what I should talk about. Well, what do you talk about every day? Or what are the, you know, what are the hot topics that are you hear a buzz about? Like, that's what you Mm -hmm. should chime in on because that's what people want to know. And it's almost like you've got the cheat code or something, you know, when you you interact now to get those answers from, you know, potential clients or not even potential clients, but people in your niche. Right. And so like, I can, like you said, run a poll on Instagram and ask them questions. Or, you know, I've uh, connected with a number of artists that aren't clients, but still, you know, I talk to whether it's about their work or just things in general through Instagram, I can send them a message, say, hey, here's what I'm thinking, like, can I get your opinion? Like, no pressure, like, sales-wise or anything, I just want to know, does this make sense or not? Yeah. Um, You know, and and, and they know I'm coming at it in a genuine way where I'm not, like, trying to fish for them to be a client, you know what I mean? Um, but it's super easy to just get those kind of questions now yeah. uh, answered and then turn that into content and, then and that's going to resonate. Exactly. Cause you're right on the pulse of what is happening and what people are interested in learning. So mm-hmm. uh, it's an easy way to just pluck some ideas and then, you know, put it in the hopper for the next time you go to create content. Yeah. Um, so as far as okay, you, I know that you're you're super active on social media. Um, do you currently do any email marketing? So I I haven't. Okay. Um, and I, I'm going to turn the corner on that and do that more. But I have. I mean, I'm just curious because I like yeah. I want to know what works for you guys. And yeah, um, I've been I've been hesitant one just because. To sit, me sitting down to write like that stresses me out a little bit um and two like i know my clients and potential clients they get a ton of emails you know what i mean like when they for example they open their books for submissions right and it's like depending on the artist it could be for a month in advance or three months or whatever mm-hmm. you know they're getting hundreds sometimes more submissions right so they're having and, and sometimes they leave the submissions open um you know and they'll just review them at those certain times so they're getting all these emails through and so you know it tends to be a bit different for my old clients at my old firm like older older retirees right that they answer emails pretty quick yeah um my artist clients not as much you know because they have a ton coming in 
So it's not to say that it's um, invaluable and, you know, but it's a combination of me having to focus on writing, which I don't think I'm the best at. And then that factor as well, like, okay, am I going to spend this time? And it just gets washed away between all these. And, you know, I, I could be wrong and they, they might use a different email too. And so it does stand out more, but um, no, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm always <laughs> telling people you can't do it all. Yeah. Even if you pay somebody to do it all, it's going to be wildly expensive and you don't mm-hmm. have to do it all. You, you do have to know what works for you yeah. and your clientele. Yeah. So you, if you spend all your time writing emails that are never getting opened, I would say you're doing it wrong, man. You know, yeah. like, you know that your clientele is not going to be opening emails and blah, blah, blah. They're going to be in the social space and that's where you're going to connect with them. They're going to be there on their own time when they're not, you know, bogged down with submissions or booking clients or doing that kind of stuff. They're going to social. They're going to see you. You'd be top of mind. You answer some important questions for them. And then when they're ready to take that plunge, you're there and you're their guy. So mm-hmm. I'm told, I'm not going to knock you for not email marketing. <laughs> Trust me, trust me. Perfect, when I Stay, I mean, know what works for your clientele. And I mean, yeah. I can tell advisors like running, if you're doing multiple things and you're feeling like burnt out or you you need to like, okay, recession might be coming. Maybe you need to trim your marketing budget somehow. You need to go in, look at your metrics, see what is working the best for you. Most of us, I feel like have a good idea about where mm-hmm. most of their leads are coming from. Um, but if you don't, you know, do a little deep dive um, and see, you know, what's working and what's not, and then trim the fat, you know, what's, yeah. what isn't working. And it's time protection, protecting your time and your energy for, you know, maximum success. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. I think that's very smart. I mean, it's smart. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that you said that because I don't really know anything about tattoo as an artist advisors, but as soon as you said that, I said, well, he already knows them that, mm-hmm. you know, he's already on the post. So that's very cool. Very cool. Smart man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I, wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, uh, made me humble. I won't tell anybody you're smart. Don't worry. Only people <laughs> watch it. All right. Um, so looking forward into like 2023 and beyond, like what is mm-hmm. the vision and like, some of the goals that you have for the business as far as like the marketing side and mm-hmm. any plans that you might have uh, challenges that you see coming up. Let it, what have you got on, what have you got on the horizon? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, so I just switched my website and everything over to using Kajabi, okay. which has been awesome. And I did that because I also created a uh, continuing education course for Oregon tattooers. Okay. So marketing that. Um, so I have it pre-recorded through there, but also doing it, you know, over Zoom and and live and shops that want that. Okay. Um, and I'm planning on a few more as well. So Oregon's weird. It's the only state that requires tattoo artists to have continuing education every year. They have to have 10 hours and half of that can be like business finance related. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah. So, so you're going to feel that piece there. Yeah, that's so I very smart. And I was like, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. Like, could I get this approved if I worked on it? And they're like, yeah. So I created a course around taxes, you know, as it applies to tattoo artists and got that approved. Um, so I want to do a couple more of those. Um, definitely more conventions next year, you know, get out and, and be there in person. Um, yeah. I went to a tattoo competition 
this past July in Salt Lake, which is a lot of fun. A buddy of mine uh, runs a booking company for artists. So he takes on a bunch of their booking and he's built a system and he hosted this uh, competition with 31 artists that were there. And he's planning wow. to do it, I think, twice a year going forward. So it should be two more times uh, next year. So will attend that and then, you know, go to conventions and things as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, well, yeah, that's fun. But can we just go back to this brilliant thing that you just did about cashing in on tattoo artists um, need for continuing education? Mm-hmm. How smart? I mean, that was pretty clever. I, I mean, I talk about really getting to know your niche and and leveraging their needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're fulfilling a need, but you're also marketing yourself at the same time. And I mean, that's that's where it's at. I mean, that's like one of those. I want to say like gold star for you, Colton. That's really cool. <laughs> I mean, um, because at first when you said continue it, I'm like, what is he talking about? Why is he? Yeah. What is he teaching them how to do art? <laughs> like, um, but no, then definitely you definitely not you, teaching them to draw. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no I'm pretty sure he doesn't know how to draw. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he makes posts about how he doesn't know how to draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which those are cool too, because you're like, what do you do, guys? What do you do first? And I'm, I, I always read the answers too, like. Um, and that's just like one of those things too, when you make the post like that about like mm-hmm. you're stepping into like putting the toe in the water of like their craft, then they yeah. have a chance to teach you. And that's something that, you know, triggers the dopamine receptor in your brain, mm-hmm. the reward system. So it's rewarding for them to be able to teach you part of their craft and in turn, it makes them feel good and they get good feelings about you. So yeah. And the same will go with the continuing education. Well, I guess it's a little bit different, but same idea. So, I mm-hmm. mean, that was really brilliant um, way to to access that that group in a way that is beneficial to them. And yeah, the, and the, the interesting thing about that, too, at least so far, is <laughs> some of the people that have actually bought the pre-recorded course since I released it about a month ago aren't even in Oregon. So it's other artists out of state that we're interested in the content as well, um, which kind of surprised me. Um, and, you know, I have all that content now I can use and chop up for other posts. Like it's already recorded. Obviously I don't have to release the whole thing on social, but pieces here and there. Um, and so that's another reason why I'm working on a few more. Cause I'm like, okay, why not make an investments course? You know what I mean? And, and still I can chop that up into little pieces, different, content um for instagram and so it kind of is multi-use oh yeah uh, <laughs> even yesterday i had an email from someone about about um paying taxes right like they paid their taxes but wanted to they're, they're doing something you know that uh the way they were paying them was kind of weird and so i took you know in kajabi of your video but you also have the written content and so uh-huh. i just went and could copy what i had as far as quarterly taxes and the explainer in there put it in my email and then, you know, tweak it just a little bit for that specific conversation. So it was nice to have <laughs> that yeah, template absolutely. there. I didn't have to retype the whole explainer on quarterly taxes and dates and how they work and all that stuff. Absolutely. So I, I would say this a lot too, like um, 
whether you're doing it yourself or you're buying it from somebody else, making or getting content for your business is an investment. It's mm -hmm. one that you can <clears throat> reap benefits from over. And, I mean, it returns a hundredfold, depending how resourceful you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason that I was like interested in making this podcast was for the same reason. All of a sudden I have hours and hours and hours and hours of content that yep. if I get my happy ass up and do something with it, I could have, <laughs> you know, months or years of content down the road um, to put on my website, to share with my, and the best, oh, it's such a relief when you're like, somebody asks a question about something like, oh, well, how do the lead magnets work? And I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. I wrote this article on it right here. I'm going to yep. send you the link. Check it out. It's like an eight minute read and it'll give you a little rundown rather than writing a email that's this long that nobody wants to read he can mm -hmm. go in and in his own time when he's ready click the link get the gist and decide if he wants one or not come to me and ask any questions he has like it doesn't i think that we forget that content doesn't have to be one and done it can be reused for yeah. so many different things and i even even as a writer i'm like oh yeah duh you've written about this like four times why don't you just go back and see what you wrote before refresh yourself and then start afresh you know yeah. for the next article um and i, I have to remind myself people sometimes too. people think that they already wrote about a topic or they already did a content on certain topics so they can't do it again but most people aren't seeing you know stuff from a month or two ago where they forgot and so you doing it again in a different way doesn't you know they're not going to look at it like oh i already saw that like or you yeah, have new so followers in that time frame or you know what I mean? So it's not getting yeah. in front of everybody. Yeah, I've definitely looked back, you know, from like a year ago. I'm like, all right, well, what was I posting then when I had, you know, less than 100 people following me? Like, cool, I'm going to redo that in like a better way now that I see it and, mm -hmm. you know, have grown from doing stuff over the past year and use it again. Yeah. And, you know, why not? Why not? I think so. You know, we were talking about this just before we got on the podcast was, you know, went to the NAPFA conference last week and I mm -hmm. sat in on a um, marketing session. And, you know, of course, I'm sitting there the whole time, like going like this, like everybody <laughs> hear what he says, right? You guys hear this, right? He's right. Take notes. <laughs> you know, I'm like looking at everybody, like make sure they're digesting the information. But one of the things that we were talking about, because advisors, especially the older generations, get afraid that they're posting too much or they're sending too many emails or they're being obtrusive. I'm like two emails a month is not obtrusive. Trust me, they have forgotten about you already. Like, yep. Even from when I started my business in 2018, the rate that you're, a the lifespan of content has just shrunk re mm -hmm. like remarkably because there is so much out there. Um, I think that the speaker that day said like the span of a LinkedIn post is like a day. And mm -hmm. then like Instagram is like 17 minutes or something ridiculously short. Like, yeah. I mean, you're not going, you, you would have to be just, content vomiting to be putting out too much you know yeah, and for sure and like you said not everybody sees everything and not everybody who sees it remembers is the other thing yes. like how many times like you see a post or an ad and you're like oh that's cool and then you totally forget about it until you see it again like two weeks later and you're like ah i wanted to remember that but i didn't because our <laughs> brains are limited we can't remember everything yeah. so you have to put like not only just does it make your life easier to reuse content, but 
you have a higher probability of actually reaching people. One and done mm-hmm. is just, I mean, you might as well just take your money and throw it out the window. I mean, right. you really should you know, be reusing things. So I think that's yeah. The number of message. times I forgot something because the dogs or the kids or, you know, client calls or whatever. And it's actually something I wanted to look into or, you know, pay attention yeah. to is crazy. So you like know, I just, do get hit with another ad or whatever. It's like, sweet. Yes. I wanted to look into this. Exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it is hard. Cause like, obviously you know, the stuff you put out and you, you recognize it. Like, yeah, I'm putting this out, you know, X amount of time. It's like, yeah, but no one else is cares yeah. that much. Yeah. Remember or pay attention, right? Pay attention. Yeah. Like uh, we feel like, you know, like you said, especially in the social space, like you get new followers, you get new people that, you know, join your email list, send the same email out again. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like if they don't want to open it, they won't open it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and especially like if you're getting like to the point where you're like, oh man, I am slammed. I really don't have time to make anything new right now. Go in, take a few lines out of your website, post it on, post it with some emojis, click submit, you're done. You know, like, yeah. So, I mean, I've gone and just scrolled to old posts and just reshare those in my story, you know, to do that. Cause Again, new followers, they're going to look, you know, a line or two or three down and that's it. They're not going to scroll all the way to the bottom. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're not, and even if they do scroll, they're not going to always read, read all of them right at that point. Um, you know, or the other day I took a time-lapse video of me and the kids coloring after school, right? And drawing oh. just for fun and turn that into a piece of content. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to have fun with kids, but also save this video for later and I can, you know, turn it into something. Exactly. exactly. Just little things like that, that. And admittedly, you don't think about it if you're not doing it more often. It's one of those things like you do it more and then you have these ideas to like yes, create. Exactly. Um, and sometimes I'll get out of it and stop doing it. And then it's like, shit, I have no it's idea. It's harder to get back in. Yeah. But then once I do, it's like, you know, I'm making eight videos or whatever in a day and then stockpiling and it comes in waves. Exactly. It comes in waves. It comes in waves. And that's why it's good to have like that just you know in the back of your mind to know like it's okay to reshare and reuse and recycle mm-hmm. like in fact you should so yeah or don't have, absolutely insane shit have advisor friends you know what i mean like me and justin and we're in a group chat too with you know zach ashburn and travis getzmeyer and uh mike hartman and just they'll post something I'm like oh that's a good idea like i'm going to save that for later and i'm going to take what you did you know post on twitter and like redo it for my people exactly um you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, sometimes in my story, I'll just screenshot their tweet and share that in my story, right? Yeah. Um, some people might be scared, like, oh, then they're going to go to that person and hire them. I'm like, okay, well. Well, then whatever. they do. Yeah. <laughs> then they weren't meant for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like, I do that all the time where I'll see, I'm like, oh, that's a good way to, you know, frame that or that's a good piece of content. Like, cool, I'm going to save that, you know, in my notes or whatever for later. Yeah, um, I do that. I can't time. think of anything original, quote unquote. I mean, nothing's really original, but yeah, there's nothing uh, new under the sun. <laughs> yeah, nothing new. Just yeah. how we frame it, right? And so, on that note, speaking of something that I posted just this morning and that you hearted on Instagram, yep. is yep. there is nothing new under the sun. The most unique thing that you have to offer the world is who you are. And I mm-hmm. think that for me personally as I like think about what I'm going to do like strategically for my business in the next year is like, I just really want to make it my mission to like empower advisors to 
be who they are and share that as part of their marketing because my advisors who do embrace that and have embraced it more so in 2022 um have just seen exponential success in you know mm-hmm. so many areas not even just with prospects but just like their clients love it and you know yeah um and we could talk about like for hours about how it helps you like actually attract the ideal client. Mm-hmm. I've talked about that a lot, but like we just, I think I really, what I really like about your niche and about your content is like you just post uh, videos, time-lapse coloring with your kids. Like that's who you are. You're a parent, mm-hmm. you're an advisor, you're a content creator, you're all of these things. And the people that follow you get to know you that way. And then they build the, the trust is built and that affinity to who you are. Like when I first started following Justin, um, what did he do? He went somewhere, he did something. It wasn't his wedding. It was like way before that. And okay. I was like, where have you been? I was looking forward to seeing your face in my feed and I've seen <laughs> you all week. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we get used to, you become the people in your feed. They become a part of your day and part of your routine. And, and like, that's how you get that. I mean, I trusted him and I wanted to see him in my feed and I barely even knew him, you know, mm-hmm. um, aside from that. And I think that this just really underrated advisors, especially older, more conservative advisors are afraid to like, is this too personal? I mean, yeah. we don't want to see you on the toilet, but right. yeah, like we want to see <laughs> right. you and who you are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I'm- that you do a good job of that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've seen, you know, advisors, some of them just posting like informational posts, right? Whether it's Instagram or Facebook, you know, and it's especially like Instagram where it's not your face, right? It's just like you make it in Canva, it's a background with some words and pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. And those are necessary too, but they are. people are getting into a relationship with us, right? Whether it's just for a couple meetings or it's over an extended period of time. So you know, they also want to know who they're investing their time with, right? And it's the same thing that I've mentioned a few artists that I work with too, because sometimes they're just posting their work, right? So it's just the tattoos they're doing, just, you know, process or finished product, whatever. Not as much about them. Um, but I mean, man, if I'm going to go sit for three or more hours with someone closely getting tattooed, um, you know, and I want their work to be good, of course, but also like, who am I sitting with? You know, I don't want to get there. And then like 20 minutes in, like, oh, shit, I can't stand this person. But I have to, you know, I just lock myself into a sleeve. And now I'm going to, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to have to sit with them. You're like, for, I would rather jump off a bridge hours. right now than sit with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and so it's the same thing with our business, right? It's like, who, who are you? And yeah, that might deter, uh, defer, deter some people from working with you. But that to me, that's fine. I'd rather yeah. that than we get in a working relationship together and then it's just stressful. They the whole find time. you don't they don't like you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, hey, here's who I am. Like here's what I do. And if you like both of those together, great. Um, so yeah, I think just showing a bit more of, of who you are. And even in my old firm, you know, we didn't do any social media, anything like that, but sending out uh newsletters quarterly. And we'd send, you know, market commentary in there and that kind of stuff. And maybe like, like I wrote a thing about QCDs or whatever. Um, but the only comments we'd get were on the family pictures, the personal stuff, 
right? When we'd include pictures of us and the trips, we what we did with our kids or the kids, you know, starting school or sports or yeah. the new dog someone in the office got. Like, that's what we got the comments on from clients all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, they probably read the QCD thing like, great, yeah, we'll, you know, earmark that to talk later. But what they reached out for was the personal like, oh, that picture is so cute or how's so-and-so doing or, you know, they mentioned that first in our next meeting. Um, so, yeah, it's just. We're yourself. all just humans trying to make it. And, you know, as a yeah. financial advisor, you're just uh, you're a human who and this is why I like being in this industry. You're a human that can uh, significantly enhance and impact somebody's life for the better. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, like you said, it is a relationship relationship based business. Um, and if you're, if you're working with some people that, you know, you just don't vibe well, it's going to be miserable for everybody. So mm -hmm. it's best to just be who you are and let the right people come through the door. Um, yeah. everybody will be happier in the long run. <laughs> and I think, so, I think the, our, our industry did a, has done a very good job in the past of making a, people feel like they have to almost be someone different when they're at the office, right? You come in, you have to wear the suit, you have to do this, you have to, you know, talk and market speak and all this other lingo and whatever. Um, because, and especially when you're targeting, like, you know, the idea is we're targeting these wealthy clients, so we have right, to be yeah. proper and whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, that's great, but still, most of those clients, when I was talking to them, like, they just wanted us to be real people. Like, yeah. they acknowledged it. You know what I mean? Um, but our industry has done a very good job in the bigger firms and all that stuff of like, you need to do this, this certain way. And, and you know, for little machines. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I didn't I, drive well with the other firms if you can't put that together. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have either, I don't think. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I want to tell this story real quick. Talking about this whole thing that this industry has been really good at doing and making people feel like that that feeling also reflects on makes this weird expectation for the client. And my mother is a perfect example. She inherited millions and millions of dollars from her father and she was not very great with money, but that's another story. But anyways, mm -hmm. she would always have me go to the meetings with her, the quarterly meetings with her and the trust officers and everybody at the bank and all this stuff where they would go through all these charts and graphs and blah, 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 and tell us everything that happened. And she had no fucking clue what they were saying. I guarantee it. But yep. she would sit there and nod like she knew exactly everything that was going on <laughs> because I think because they were so stuffy and stilted that she felt that she had to be stuffy and stilted and no Nobody was just a real person. So yeah. then when there was like crises that happened or things like where she would, you know, I don't know. I can't think of an example because like, granted, I was probably like 16 or 17 the last time I went to one of these meetings with her, but uh, you know, 20 years ago, but mm -hmm. uh, she's passed since then. But um, the, there was this like, like there was not good communication and they weren't able to help her very well because what my mom really needed was like real human like conversation especially around her like financial behaviors right so mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. was just acting like we're super smart and we're super fancy and <laughs> nothing was really accomplished right uh, nobody knew what the fuck was going on and yeah. like there was no the meetings were not productive at all so i think that it it doesn't bode well for the client either. I mean, it sucks for the person who has to put on a face to be someone else. And it also sucks for the client. So I think that when people like you 
um, and Justin and all the other people out there who are just embracing being real and, you know, in their digital presence and things like that, that it just makes clients feel more at home. And Mm -hmm. um, like, they'll be able to just be themselves. And ultimately, like, we all, you know, have this need to like be accepted for who we are. And um, that contributes to that that great feelings <laughs> yeah yeah it's already get a little mushy there but <laughs> no, you know definitely you know it leads to a greater sense of trust i think between the relationship too where it's not kind of like in sounds like in your mom's situation right it's almost like this fake trust this facade of a trustful relationship but really you know they didn't know that there's a trust there your mom didn't really trust it it sounds like and Whereas otherwise, you know, if they were to sit down and actually talk to her and get to know her and talk through those behaviors, like you mentioned, right, she'd probably be much more inclined should something happen to call them up and not just almost feel obligated to go to these meetings when she's like, I don't want, you know, it sounds like she didn't want to do that shit. Like, (laughs) you know, but yeah, that's another reason that I think that I'm so passionate about working with um, independent advisors is because she was always with like a big um like first she was with northern trust and then she was with pnc wealth management or whatever mm-hmm. but it's just there's not that same level of you know that same relationship with like an independent advisor that that oh, you yeah. get and um i think that had she had a relationship with an independent advisor that you know her financial outcomes would have been a lot better than they were yeah so um yeah i mean there's the number of meetings and clients that i saw the advisors have to do at schwab <laughs> Great, you know what I mean? Crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's no way that they could know anything about that. 500 clients total. Yeah. Pardon? Like 500 clients total because they'd have a practice split in two, right? And it's, so they have what they call their active and then their marketing and still doing meetings and trying to bring in new clients. And like, it was yeah. like when I left, one of my managers a lot. Was, was like, I went to another firm that had about 200 million in AUM. With two advisors and she's like oh that's it like you know kind of looked down like it was small and it's like yeah it's still like 200 clients that we're getting to know you know a bit more intimately we're not just like turning through a bunch yeah. of people like yeah yeah exactly. interesting and then so oh, wow i'm so pleased that we got to talk today finally um i think that this is going to provide a lot of insight i think there are a lot of good takeaways that we went over today um that our users will be able to benefit from. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hopefully, you know, let's, let's come back in another year or so and let's, let's do this again. So um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we go? Um, Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, you guys, (laughs) why don't you tell us where um, everybody can find you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, biggest one is definitely Instagram at the tattoo artist advisor um i'm on twitter as well that's more so for the advisory community um it's a version of the tattoo artist advisor i forgot twitter makes me shorten it because that was too long oh yeah uh, <laughs> so it's something um close to that i'm on linkedin but i don't really use linkedin much so i mean you can reach out to me there but it wouldn't be the first choice <laughs> so instagram or your website which is yeah, uh, website is ootoplanning.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Colton. I hope you guys You're all welcome. enjoyed this. Um, 
If you would like more information on Lexicon Content Development, you can go to lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. I am also active on LinkedIn and Instagram over the other platforms, but we are on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, thank you for joining me. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.